in a sales environment, that should be the last concern. What should be a concern is the motherfucker sitting at home, never hitting their number and stealing yeah. money. You know what? Now that it's my own company, there is something to do at 950 p.m. at night. And, and, and that yeah. was really a paradigm shift for me. That was mm. a big, I generate everything to build in that company, man. Everything, mm. all my thoughts. And it's just like, you ever have like, um, uh, shit, like, um, like a little kid that has too much sugar. I, I dated this girl once at other two-year-old. And, and if you gave him like too many pixie sticks, he'd like start shaking because it, it's cause he didn't cocaine. <laughs> he, he didn't, he didn't know what to do with his energy. He didn't know what to do with his Are energy. Are you serious? He literally, he literally shake. He literally would shake. And it was kind of like funny. Oh, you are like, Oh shit. Yeah. Who gave him a lollipop? And you know, I'm like out. Like, and it was not like we weren't overfeeding the good sh- sugar. I mean, he had like two bites. This is how we reacted to it. And watch this motherfucker shake. What is up, everybody? Sean French here with another podcast of the Determined Society. I have with me today one of my good buddies, John Sarasani. Uh, Man, I met him on Instagram, and it's so funny because I feel like every time I get on my show, I talk about how many cool dudes I'm meeting on social media sites. I don't want you guys to get the wrong idea, but here's the thing. like, There's very few people that in my immediate circle here on a day-to-day basis, I can really connect with. And when I get the opportunity to meet somebody like John, um, man, I really embrace the opportunity because he's a high level dude. You know, he, he understands business. He's a serial entrepreneur. He's got a great eye for things. And like, I just absolutely love interacting with him on a day-to-day basis. So I just want to tell you a little bit about him before we get started. And I can promise you this, this episode right here has been requested by probably more than a dozen people. So we're trying to give the world what they want. Hopefully those 12 people can share the shit out of the show and get amazing reviews because, um, you know, this is going to be a dynamic conversation. So, you know, like I said, John is a serial, serial entrepreneur, business expert, and venture capitalist. He splits his time between Los Angeles and Chicago, and he has been featured on Fox, NBC, WGN, and CBS. Notably, though, this is a good one. He was featured in Crane's business, 40 Under 40, at the age of of 27 he is recently retired and then unretired and i want him to talk about a little bit about what he does i won't steal all this thunder but man this guy is an amazing jack of all trades brilliant fucking mind and i call him a good friend john welcome to the show Thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. You know, as you're telling that story, I'm trying to remember, did, did I slide into your DMs or did you slide into mine? Dude, I don't you know, slid into mine. Yeah. I was I'm, like, I'm like, dude, is, you know, <laughs> I'm it's like, way sup, wit. You, sup, you, know? you, out, you out, sup, you out. Yeah, what's up? What's up? Like, <laughs> no, dude, you did, man. You slid into my DMs and mm. uh, you complimented me on my content. It's really funny because that was like right around the time when people were starting to do that. You were like, I think you were the mm. first one. Yeah, quiet. you're you're my first slider of DMs. <laughs> well, I, I think a lot of us have started to learn, especially the people that are newer to the, uh, I guess, to the influencer Instagram game. Especially everyone else is probably that's been doing it has seen it come and go. But 
you know, getting comments on Instagram <laughs> might be the equivalent of finding a needle in a haystack. It, it is very difficult to actually get people <laughs> to comment. And yeah. uh, other, other influencers, I think, understand that. And um, I don't know. I just try to shout out to people. Hey, good shit right there, bro. Nah, bro. I, I definitely appreciate it because you're right, especially now. It's like I feel mm-hmm. like it's one of those things I think I was talking to the other day. I'm like, fuck, man, am I shadow banned? What's going on? Like, This <laughs> yep. content is better. Yep. Like, why the fuck isn't it performing? Yeah. And, you know, um, it just is what it is. And yep. so I, I appreciated it. And, mm-hmm. you know, guys that are listening and girls that we started communicating back and forth. And what I realized is like we had way more in common than I actually realized. And we were kind, we, we have that same edgy energy. You got a same sick sense of humor mm-hmm. in so many ways. And, uh, if you watch his stuff and then you kind of take a peek at my stuff, you could see how we would be connected, but man, I'm just super happy. We finally got this fucking done, dude. Yeah, man. I'm happy to be here, brother. Happy to be here, yeah, man. Dude. Funny story for everybody listening. Um, yeah. you know, John, and I both have a very considerable following on Instagram and, um, he ha- all of a sudden has blown up on TikTok. So this motherfucker asks me to do a live with him on TikTok. <laughs> it was the most embarrassing thing I've ever gone through in my life. Like, the, honestly, the like, oh. uh, dude, you motherfucker. Like, literally, <laughs> we're sitting there. And and by the way, like, I wish this was recorded or being able to be accessed somewhere in the in the interwebs because he's literally sitting on this fucking TikTok live. Like, where's my guest? He's supposed to be here. I'm like, motherfucker. Like, I couldn't go live. Apparently on TikTok, it's like you have to have a thousand followers on TikTok to go live or even to be a guest on someone's live. So I'm sitting here and everybody, I'm watching this whole shit storm, you know, just surround him. And everybody's like, hey, try this, try that. And he couldn't keep up with the comments. But man, it was so funny. Like I'm humble (laughs) enough to say like, I suck on TikTok. I got to figure that shit out. And I will. I've got some things. Uh, don't you worry, ladies and gentlemen, I have some things in the works and uh, we're going to we're going to figure that thing out shortly. But it's just it. a little funny story um, about me and John. And man, it was fun to watch you squirm, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I ran out of shit to talk about because it got up to like, I don't know, like 90 live viewers or some shit. And that's a lot for a TikTok live. And, you know, I only had, I think, a 5000 or so followers at the time and 90 are sitting there watching. I'm like, dude, what the hell, bro? So I'd like. I started reading a book. Oh, here's uh, how I started <laughs> off as they were waiting for my friend Sean to come in. Anyway. Yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's better, guys, that he said, I just, I don't know where he's at than to say, like, well, the fucking loser doesn't have a thousand followers who can't join us. <laughs> well, dude, honestly, <laughs> I did figure it out at one point that that was the issue, and I didn't want to freaking say it out loud on the damn yeah. thing. So, but, but you yeah, said it on the podcast. It's all good. Yeah. I'm sitting there on the comment section, like, bro, yeah. take this to fucking Instagram where I'm, <laughs> where I'm you know, relevant. Like, this. But whatever. But no, dude, like, again, this has been something that you and I have been tossing around for quite some time. Right, man. Um, you know, about coming on the show. And uh, we, we never really made it happen until, you yeah. know, I finally called you out the other day. I'm like, hey, bro, like, are we going to fucking do this? Or are we going to do this? And so when yeah. you said like, hey, let's 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 do this. I, you know, I, I cleared out. I got to be honest. I cleared out my schedule because I want to awesome. make sure that yeah. you and I could get on here and have this amazing conversation. And one of the things I was thinking about is like, where in his fucking castle is he going to be? You you have so many fucking amazing backdrops. <laughs> yeah. Like I just want to kick you right in your nuts. Yeah, they're real too. It's not a it's not a green room. This is actually yeah. No, like like my fa- I think my favorite's the fountain. Yeah, the fountain, bro. Yeah. I, I got that fountain. I had a 
if you've ever been to for your your uh, listeners, if you've ever been to like a nice office lobby where like in the backdrop behind the secretary receptionist, they have like the waterfall with the mirror behind it with the company's logo. When I was living at the Trump Tower when I turned um, 40 years old and uh, in downtown Chicago. And, you know, a lot of 40 year olds will have some type of midlife crisis, like buy a Corvette or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, my midlife crisis was, I'm, you know what? I'm getting a freaking custom fountain made that you'll get in office buildings. Um, <laughs> call around and everyone's like, what what you want to fear your house? Wait, what? <laughs> and uh, they literally had to weld it together in my condo at the Trump. And uh, it turned out amazing. Uh, but uh, eventually I ended up renting that place out and moving out to um, a big house out here in the suburbs. And <laughs> moving that thing was very, very difficult. We had about a half inch to work with by fitting through the doorway. And because it was molded together. And uh, yeah, so anyway, it was. It yeah, was no, because I know at one point you, yeah. you know, I didn't know you uh, rented out the the residents at the Trump yeah. Towers, but yeah. like, I, I knew that you moved to the suburbs when your kids got to a certain age. And you you moved out there, so yeah. Well, um, here, dude, here's the thing though. I rented it out. Actually, if anybody's into uh, private equity, a big firm out out in uh, Chicago, it's called Jackson Dearborn, and um, or excuse me, Jackson Dearborn, Madison Dearborn, and um, uh, one of the original founders there was renting my place from me at the Trump, and he was in between houses. He was building some big place down by you, I think, Sean, and uh, a little bit further down in Naples. Yeah. And uh, he goes, I'll take it rented because we, you know, we're putting all our shit in storage or getting new shit. And I go, okay, perfect. So it's taking it furnished. I don't need to do anything. He comes and looks at it. He goes, well, wait a minute. The, the, the waterfall can't say it. Stay it has uh, your damn name on it. <laughs> you got to get that out here. I'm like, motherfucker, please. Can I take yeah, a couch or a big screen TV? That waterfall is going to be very difficult to move, my friend. <sighs> not not the easy thing to move, huh? Yeah, exactly. So You hired someone to do it, right? You didn't do it. <laughs> Dude, I, yeah, I hired movers to do it, and then they couldn't do it. So I paid. I had to pay these guys an extra like 600 bucks under the table to not tell their boss that I'm helping them that they're going to move the thing because they didn't have the right insurance for it or whatever. And literally I was right there with them moving that. But Jesus. Anyway, anyway man, that's a midlife. Someone, someone well. from your, with your background, you know, you know, bribing people with extra dollars, you know, to do something <laughs> they don't have fucking insurance for. God yeah. dang. That's hilarious. Right. Exactly. Call it, call it teamsters. <laughs> it's like the people that jumped up, try to jump on your roof. Yeah. Well, dude, that, that was not a good move by the way. Right. I will, I will expose you. You do illegal shit around me. I will expose you. I'm just kidding. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be general about it. I won't be a snitch. I'll just make it. Exactly. A, I'll make it. That's a what we can't make it. Out. He's too scared. Yeah. He's too scared. I'm going to bring, bring down his street cred. I'm too crazy. Yeah. yeah. If, if you don't, if you don't know how I responded to something you offered me, uh, just, just watch my TikTok and you'll see it. You're, you won't be named, but uh, you might, you know who you are, motherfucker. Yeah. You know, it's you. You know, you it's you. Someone, actually, someone's watching that. I'm like, dude, he's talking about us. <laughs> dude, seriously. We're fucking famous. Well, well it's amazing. And, and, and for your audience, okay, so I did a TikTok on um, contractors coming to your house and telling you they want to look at your damn roof and, and repair it. And, you know, I'm like, okay, well, whatever. They say they try to tell you there's hail damage. That's a big thing in the Midwest. There's hail damage. And then they freaking find hail damage and give you a free roof and bill your insurance company for it. First of all, there's usually not hail damage. They're doing it to get the free thing, but you're, but you're not going to go up there with them during the damn inspection. Well, and then they start talking about waiving your deductible. Dude, you're a contractor. You can't wave my, <laughs> you can't wave my deductible. That's between me and the insurance company, bro. Right. And, right. Um, so it tar- starts this whole damn conversation on TikTok and Instagram, actually, about uh, if that's 
insurance fraud or not. And uh, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's funny pe- watching people come out of the woodwork. The good contractors are like, yep, this shit happens all the time. These scumbags, I lose business to them. Damn. But then you got, you got the consumers that are like, whoa, what's the problem here, bro? Sounds like, like, why are you, why are you snitching? Or, or, or mm-hmm. so a lot of people just disagree that it's not illegal in the first place. Um, so anyway, Interesting. And, that, and that is how you go viral. Have people arguing <laughs> in your comments, my friend. Dude, seriously, I got to piss some people off, man. Yeah, seriously. You have to get a page out of your book. It's coming. It's coming. All right. Um, dude, so like, listen, man, tell, uh, the, the, one of the things that, um, you know, I love about your background is, yeah. you know, we have a similar, you know, for a D- division one experience in, you know, mm-hmm. college athlete, athletics for, for those of you who don't know, uh, John played, uh, football at Notre Dame, actually got to play for Lou Holtz. That's pretty fucking amazing. Yep. And then he went to in, on and played at Northwestern. Yep. Um, so I, I love that part about you because, you know, it's just like, all right, the upbringing, the, you know, the, the everyday life was probably mm-hmm. the same. Right. A lot of, hey, what looks good? What is perfect? How do we get better? Yep. But the thing that's most impressive is what you, what you did in your career. You were with a big box insurance company and you decided, hey, fuck it. I'm going to start my own shit. And uh, you laid quiet for a while because, you know, you didn't want to be on the radar. But then finally you said, fuck it. You know, I'm going to go after, I'm going to go big. And, uh, you, um, I think in your words, you just, you know, lived your truth and, you know, tell everybody else a story. Once that happened, like, where did that take your life from there? Yeah. So, so out of, out of college, once I realized I wasn't going to be playing, um, professional football due, due to an injury, not because of due to a lack of talent, by the way, I should throw I've seen in. highlights, man. <laughs> you know. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not, good I'm not kidding actually. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So I, I went into the insurance world and, you know, it, it was pretty cool because I'm, I'm glad I fell into that space. I went into that space because of the potential of um, money. I, I could see that, that, you know, you, you, you know, you eat what you kill. You could um, rise up relatively quickly, recognize that with, with, um, you know, with, in my job interviews and decide to go that direction. Well, after a few years in the industry, I started looking around, man. And I'm like, you know, gosh, I'm at with this insurance giant right now. And it was my second job in the industry. And I'm like, dude, this, these guys are supposed to be the creme de la creme of this insurance industry. And everybody's looking to them like they're the, you know, the, the gold standard. And I'm a 26 year old kid right here. And dude, I, I'm not even delegating shit to the 40 and 50 year olds that are supposed to be my account management team or customer service. Cause I don't think they're going to do as good of a job as me. They're yeah. not going to send an email and be all over this damn thing following up two hours later to make sure, Hey, is this getting done right? And I remember visiting our underwriters offices one day and I was like shocked, scratching my head there. They're, we're sitting there waiting for proposals back from the underwriting team and they're freaking having a birthday party for Susie or some shit. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Happy birthday, Susie. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, everyone's leaving at 4.55 p.m. Um, and, and that's just the way the world works. So, so it's kind of an epiphany to me, okay, mm-hmm. that, you know, maybe it's lessons I learned playing football or maybe it's just maybe I was good at football because I already had this in me. You don't know the chicken or the egg. Right, exactly. But, you know, but, 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 but it forced me – to the clients I was bringing in, I'm supposed to delegate this account management team to. No, man, I, I didn't want to. The hardest part was getting the client. The easiest yeah. part was keeping them. So I've already demonstrated I could bring in the clients and I'm not even trusting the people that are supposed to keep them. So I'm, I'm doing that myself too, for the most part. It don't matter 
that that company I worked at had 20,000 employees, 19,999 of them weren't doing shit on the damn account. So mm-hmm. guess what? Why don't I just go do this shit for my freaking kitchen table, go after the same damn types of business. Usually when people do this, it's because they couldn't make it at a firm like that. And they're going to try to go downstream and start calling smaller types of clients, maybe like the beauty salons or the restaurants mm-hmm. with like 12 employees. Fuck that noise, bro. I'm going to go after the 200, 300, 400, 500 plus clients, just like my former employer was, just like all the big boys were, the ones that are worth 90 grand a year residual that you'll Mm -hmm. never freaking lose if you do your job. Well, what's your job? Responding to motherfucking emails thoroughly and timely. You you fucking (laughs) asshole. They fucking emailed you at 3 p.m. Friday and you didn't even say... You didn't even reply at all till 2 p.m. Monday to tell them you need a day or two. What's wrong with you, brother? It's almost six figures. One client, man, respond to the email. Thank you. Thank you. And, and, And what I learned was it wasn't necessarily just the people. It's the environment that corporate America was was what I what I call bringing you up in or raising you in. Okay, corporate America, you know, yeah, that client's worth 90 grand. But but but. You know, Jennifer, the account manager or, or, you know, Mary, the, the client service rep or, or Jeff, the, the, um, um, account executive, they weren't making 90 grand on that account. They had a $3 million block of business and each of them were probably averaging 80,000 or $90,000 salary. Yeah. But I'm the big shot producer. I'm making 140 big, you know, it's a lot of money back then. It still is now. Don't get me wrong, but, but, you know, wait a minute, <laughs> wait a minute. What if I bring in a million dollar block on my own and do this shit for my house? Uh, how, how's that math going to work? Well, it'll never happen. They're never going to come with you, John. Well, why wouldn't they come with me? Now you need this big time name on your business card. They're not even going to take the meeting. Let's find out, brother. Let's find yeah. out. So um, it was a grind that first year. But, you know, you get a couple clients under your belt. You demonstrate that you're able to follow up properly. You are going to do things thoroughly. And that's what I would tell clients. Hey, guys. I could go get a job at the big dogs that you're with right now. I already had one. Okay. But the environment of me working there is going to make me spread myself thin. You're going to get the same exact service with my attention. And here's why, because I'm making all this money on your account, not the Mm -hmm. corporation that has nothing to do with your actual service. Um, And it worked out for me. It sure the hell did, man. What was the what was the result long term? Yeah, so um, I already know the answer, but you know. Yeah, yeah. So I I I, um, I, I built this company up, and I, I just wanted to replace my income the first couple of years that I was making. Uh, blew blew through that, and then I was up into the seven digits by the third year, and it just kept going up from there. Um, ultimately, nine and a half years later sold my company to a private equity firm, which is a whole nother conversation, by the way. You know, it's not just the additional money you're making along the way. It's the equity you're building. I have something to sell at the end of this damn thing, too. Of course. Yeah. And if, um, you know, in private equity, entering the insurance space um, really kind of made me and others in similar situations offers that were difficult to refuse because, as you probably could realize, they have a lot of money to throw around. They sure as hell do, man. Yeah. You know what they want is what they want, right? And they yeah. see value and they see what, you know, where they can make money. And, you know, your, your company was, was one of those things. So that's, it's a great story, right? And yeah. I love hearing it. And I think that, you know, what you get better at every single day and every single week is the ability to tell your story a little bit better. Yeah. Right? Hey, thanks, and man. We had, yeah. yeah. We had a conversation like last week. I'm like, fuck, man, you can tell it. You can tell a story, bro. 
Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah, that's why so. it's kind of, it's kind of funny that we, uh, you know, you were giving me a hard time about how long it took to get on this podcast together. It's kind of better that we're doing it now instead of six months ago. I feel like I, uh, sure. could focus on the points that people actually give a shit about. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. Like, you know, it would have been a great show then. I mean, hell, if yeah. we waited another year, it'd be a fucking phenomenal show. <laughs> exactly. You know, it's, it's still, yeah. it's still great now. I mean, like, I mean, this is, like I said, I wasn't bullshitting. Like people yeah. have been asking for this collaboration for ever since you and I have been connected yeah. and we've been engaging on each other's platforms. It's just like, I feel like my people go follow you and your people come to yeah. my page and follow me. And yep. it's just like, I've made some great friends that are, you know, from your platform awesome. and from your page. So it's, it's just yeah. really, really nice, man. And, you know, I, I really love that, you know, it, what's really cool about you. And, and this is something that you have like this, um, you know, you have this, you know, athletes mentality. To where, you know, you know, quite honestly, guys, like you, you, you know, John didn't have to work another fucking day in his life. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fact. Right. It is what it is, right? It's not, it's not private information. You can just right. tell by, you know, the shit that you see on, on, you know, and the yep. shit, things that he talks about. It's like, that's the case. Uh, right. But so what does he do? Like he, un, he retires after he sells his company yep. um, for yep. loads of money, but then now you unretire and um, you started Glenn, uh, Glenn, uh, Glenn Cresta, global. you know, yep. global. Yeah. Um, yep. I, I could, I was getting tongue tied. I was going to like, oh, <laughs> not a fucking, you yep. know, not a, yep. not a cell phone service. <laughs> I think it's commendable, man. So what's your experience been with that so far? Yeah. So what happened was once I sold my company, talk about a shitty five years, bro. Um, and I probably shouldn't say that because the company that bought mine, I, I do owe a lot to, um, mm -hmm. well, I mean, somebody else would have bought me if they didn't, I guess. But but part of our deal was that I had to work there for five years. And it wasn't shitty because of the company that bought mine. It was it was going full circle. You, you, you realize the pitfalls <laughs> of corporate America. Now you get bought. You sell out to corporate America, even though it was backed by private equity. It was still corporate America. And now you have to work <laughs> in this environment where for five years. And now it's Susie's fucking birthday again. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> yeah. So I, I had to relearn what I had already learned and unlearned once on purpose. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, anyway. But, um, you, you know, you get to the tail end of that and. All right, man, shit. I sold that company in 2015. You'd think I'm freaking going to the Bahamas for a month after that sale, dude. I made freaking, dude, I grew up middle class. Are you kidding me? This is crazy. Yeah. I'm from this. But no time to do that because the way the private equity world works, you come over to that new place. Now, don't get me wrong. I had some fun and a little bit of a vacation, but yeah. it wasn't like a two-month thing. There was incentives in place during that five-year period to even make more money. Oh shit, these guys know what they're doing. You're not just going to sell your company and say, hey, fuck yourself, have a nice day. Yeah. No, they're going to make sure you are. Keep feeding the machine. Keep feeding yeah, it. Let's dude. go. And, and that they projected that shit. They knew your projections. Dude. And what, what would it yeah. be, you know, annual residual, you know, and renewals like every mm -hmm. single year yep. if they had Johnny Boy cranking shit out for him for another five years. Well, and it wasn't just the salary either. They had they had a way for like they program I don't want to say the specifics of it, but but let's put it this way. Somewhere around that two or three year mark, they were, we were gonna re re-look at your revenue. Mm -hmm. And compare it to the revenue of when they purchased you two or three years prior. And whatever that difference is, assuming it's more, they were then, as part of your purchase later, we're going to now pay you a multiple of that delta. So, so let's say you went up five bucks in revenue per year from year three to year one. 
they might say, okay, we're going to give you two and a half times that five bucks on top of all the mm. money we just paid you. So you, you, you talk about a company um, that knew the formula to motivate a guy like me that you just paid all this shitload of money to. They know the salary ain't going to cut it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. Now, <laughs> now somewhere after that year three, I still had to... Uh, Still had to stay there till year five, and there was like, that, that two year period became a little bit uh, a little touchy, I guess you could say. But yeah, um, yeah. so anyway, I, I got out of that. This is the end now of 2019. Uh, finish it. Um, now I now I get to go to the Bahamas, brother. Now I'm gonna retire. Now I'm gonna do all this shit, and you know I'm a few months into this crap. And I'm throwing a little bit of money around in LA as like an angel investor. And mm-hmm. I've always kind of had an affinity towards, towards doing that. I'd invested in Chicago and a couple like, um, restaurant groups and, and mm-hmm. some other things. And just had like my eye on, on unique things to be involved in. I was involved in a Broadway musical once, believe it or not. Um, but, uh, I started getting a name for myself relatively quickly in LA by people that, you know, first of all, they knew I wasn't full of shit. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. in LA that claim they have money are, are actually just full of shit. Right. Um, and also I, I didn't act like an LA person. I acted like a freaking Chicago person, which, you know, I didn't really realize it at the time. There was not an act involved with this, but th- there is a difference in, in how people go about things. You know, you're actually doing what you say you're going to do and mm-hmm. actually only, you know, actually being able to back up what you're doing, whether your intent was there or not. Um, so I got my name out there pretty quickly as an angel investor and I decided, you know what, dude, the term angel, um, has a connotation to it. There's not like an exact definition, but there is a connotation to it that you're only writing, you know, relatively small checks and, um, you know, like 10 grand or 25 grand checks and and my, the checks I was writing, um, were were much larger than that. So what I decided to do was say, you know what? By saying I'm retired and shit, I kind of sound like an asshole anyways. Everyone's, oh, how old are you? And then that becomes the, you know, the whole conversation. Sure. Fun for a minute, but let's move on from that. I, I actually met Zach Efron once and uh, he, we were in a group. We were all out together and I told him, I, he asked me what I did and I said retired. And then that's all we talked about for the next hour. Like it dominates the conversation. Right, so, sure. You know, how much other shit I, you know how much other shit I would have liked to talk to Zach Efron about than, you yeah. know, why I'm retired? But anyway. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, so, so I've decided to say, you know what, let, let's, let's, um, I guess rebrand what I'm already doing and really formalize the approach. And with that, I, I started an LLC called Glencrest Global, um, which is the equivalent of, say, like a family office where it's not a fund where we're bringing in other outsiders money. It's my own capital. Um, and we evaluate, uh, usually early stage, um, startup opportunities where I have, a, I have a 16 person team of advisors that help out. Um, and I, I try to get into stuff that not only could I infuse capital, but, but help them with my experience. There's a lot of entrepreneurs out there that, you know, ha- haven't run a business. They're first time entrepreneurs. There's going to be things within my network, um, or just my actual business expertise that, that, that I could help them with. Um, so that, that's really the focus. Now, I'm also in some other cool shit beyond that. I, I try to just get in stuff that, that, you know, insurance was lucrative for me, bro, but it wasn't like the most exciting dinner conversation. So sure. yeah, an investment group that's buying the damn Newport Beach Marriott um, 
you know, uh, uh, surfaces and somebody just fell out and they need someone to fill it. And I had met these guys, uh, some other shit that a bunch of billionaires were at. I'm not a billionaire, but I'm around these guys now. With a B? Yeah. <laughs> a billionaire with a B. That's my pet peeve, by the way. Someone said it on my <laughs> podcast the other day. I almost jumped through the phone. Um, but anyway, you know, so, so, so it's not like we're Glencrest Global is solely early stage venture capital. We are in some other cool stuff like uh, that's awesome. Like deal. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because like, if you haven't been an entrepreneur before, right, Mm -hmm. there's so much shit that you don't know that you're going to deal with. Right. I mean, I could take, you know, for me, I've always been very successful in corporate sales, right? It's very, it's just what I've always done. I know the lay of the land. All I got to do is figure out the sales process for this new company. You know what the, I I hate saying this, it bothers the shit out of me, but I'm going to say it, but then I'm going to follow it up with something the features and fucking benefits, right? Like the whole features and benefits selling method, like, right. Dude, there's a fucking better way to say this, right? Well, (laughs) Hey, here's this, this thing is nice and shiny. What that means to you is like, just fucking stop. Like, let's have a good conversation about this and let's, let's see how we can bring, you know, the solutions to the customer in more of a conversational manner. But so for me, it was always very easy to define my, my, find my sea legs. Yeah. In, in corporate America, I'm going to tell you one of my biggest challenges, and we've had actual conversations about this, you know, just me and you talking on the phone is like, dude, like being an entrepreneur, especially in the online space is very, right. very difficult. There's a world out there that, that motherfuckers like me and you are mm-hmm. just learning. Like right. I learned more shit yesterday and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> and we'll talk about it offline, but it's right. just like, wait, that's, that's a thing. Yeah. Like, like yep. what in the hell is going on? Right. And, uh, you know, I guess there's probably a bunch of people that will be listening to this episode. Like, dude, fucking, you know, elaborate. No, yeah. I'm not going to. <laughs> not but, on that one. <laughs> no, not on this because, you yeah. know, like, cause it's, cause it's an opportunity for somebody like myself and even you to, yep. you know, expand our offerings and, and right. things that we're doing in the online space. So, but it's just, it's really nuts because unless you have somebody there and I have yeah. an amazing mentor, in this business, actually the best mentor, um, uh, Paul Gitter, he's the best in the business. And, um, as far as online marketing and just kind of building brands and, you know, his network, it's incredible. And, um, I tell you what, I learned things from him that are almost shocking to me. Okay. None of them are bad. Like they're not like bad or like, you know, they're, they're just like, Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. The the light bulb goes out, but if you don't have people, around you in your in on your team and in your orbit that can help you through shit yeah maybe not very very difficult because you're just you're just left there you know freaking slamming your head up against the fucking wall well you said something really interesting there too like to compare and contrast just the the mindset okay it's it's you know you talked about the benefit and features and the business to business sales process and how Mm -hmm. you'd rather have a conversation and i think you were taking this a little bit different direction than i'm than i'm about to but 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 compare that to the the entrepreneurial world okay like what you learned what you were just talking about with this whole digital marketing thing you know this is new to you this is fresh to you you're 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 excited about Mm -hmm. it and at some point that sales rep in that business to business environment you know everything was new and fresh to him too you know what i mean and and over time okay you know as salespeople, we like to be the smartest person in the room all eyes on me Mm-hmm. But if you're not in a, something that's complex enough 
where you could do things like what you just described, Sean, where you could say, hey, let's have a conversation. There's going to be moving pieces here. Mm-hmm. Let's find you a solution. If, if, if you don't have that to motivate you in that B2B environment, you're going to outgrow that job. It's going to become mundane. And you're going to feel like you're just reading a damn PowerPoint presentation. Every buyer is asking the same damn questions. Mm-hmm. There's very little you could do from a pivoting perspective. They, yeah. they ask one question that's like that buzz question. And right away, okay, I know we're not getting them because we don't have a good solution for that. They just identified that's important because we mm-hmm. don't integrate with XYZ software or whatever the hell the case may be. Sure. But guess what? You got to finish this 40 minute freaking presentation and it's like a freaking knife in your Mm -hmm. damn ribs, like grinding with each slide. You hoping they don't ask any more questions because you know they're not going to get an account. Like that's what I call the worst. Like you don't want to be if if that describes your everyday job, dude, you you have one life to live, man. You only hear once. Like this is what you want to spend your time doing. I don't give a shit if you make 300 grand, like, like, you know what I mean? That is a lot of money. Like you you can't be, um, torturing yourself, you know? No, no. And that's the thing, man. It's like, you know, I've always been, you know, able to, and I'm, and I'm humbled by this. I've always been able Mm -hmm. to take that process and and identifying if I do it like this, ultimately long-term, I'm going to burn out and I'm going to hate this. I got to (laughs) make this mind. So I use my entrepreneurial spirit within whatever, whatever I'm selling, right. In my corporate life. And because I mean, I don't even think most people know that I actually have a nine to five corporate job. You do, you know, but not many people do. And you know, I think I need to talk about that more because um, you can do it all. You can have, you know, separate successful things, right? As long as you're not a budget, your fucking time. Right. right? And, but like, so what I've learned is to be able to switch the narrative a little bit in my day-to-day environment. So I handle conversations how I want to handle them. Now, do I talk about all the different points? Absolutely. But it's done in my way, Yeah, you know, and it's, you know, to a point of we're going off on a tangent, but you know, when you talk, you're talking about, it's nice to have you know, 16 advisor around, advisors around you to help yeah. you. And then also to help your potential, um, you know, clients or customers, whoever you guys are dealing with right. to walk them through the process. You might have yeah. somebody, you know, trying to sell something for the very first time. Right. I like, yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly right. And, you know, you just talked about something there where you, you have your corporate job and then you could still have that entrepreneurial spirit and do something else beyond that, which, which obviously you're a great example of. I, I, I just think about in corporate America, and I'm not talking about you at this point, Sean, just in general, though, how you get um, like almost like haters. I, I remember a job that I had before I went on my own and Somebody kept overhearing me on the phone dealing with some rental property. I was like 24 years old, like six rental properties. It was before the damn freaking recession and everyone was buying rental properties. And just the, 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 the hate that was, you know, bred from that is, is just, just incredible. And people are like using it against you. And mm-hmm. I, I, I remember one of my managers had a, owned a horse um, that they Arlington Park racetrack was is near where we live. It's like it's owned by Churchill Downs and the horse racing there and he owned part of a horse. And, you know, he, he would always make the damn comparison like, yeah, you know, yeah, it's it's not it's not going to make me money. It's not an investment. It's it's for fun. Like a lot of people golf. I like to go watch my horse race and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. You know, your, your hobby is golfing or going to the concert club. I like to go do it horse racing. Okay. 
Well, I like to do my freaking fair time. Neither my fair time. I like to build businesses and motherfucking dominate, dude. Mm -hmm. So why the fuck would you have a problem with me when you don't have a problem with people fucking golfing all the time? What, what the hell is wrong with you? And, um, and, and it's just simply because my hobby makes money and your hobby costs money. And that's mm -hmm. a fucking problem for people. And the sales organ a sales organization is the last place that should be a problem. You know, it's funny you say that because like you would think like, okay, wait a second. Like if I'm a, if I'm a leader in the corporate setting and I have somebody on my team that is out there doing other shit, still producing, mm -hmm. right? Still hitting his or her number every single year overproducing. Yep. And they're doing this other thing, you know, to, to, you know, build that entrepreneurial muscle that's actually going to help them in their career here. <laughs> like, for me, exactly. like, like it, it would, it would benefit me to have, you know, 12 people on my team that I'm leading that are just absolute dogs after hours. Like, right. all right, so wait a second. You mean to tell me you're, you're working all day and then you are coming home, you're being with your family. And then from like the time that your kids are going to bed, like you and your wife are in the trenches building your business till what time? Like midnight. Yep. What time do you yep. wake up? Four. What the fuck? Like, yeah, bro. <laughs> that's what it takes. Like to yep. but but it is, I mean, we can go down that road because it is taboo. Yep. Yeah. It is taboo. And and, yep. and as far as the haters go, like get in fucking line. Cause they are <laughs> fucking hey, they're thick as thieves, bro. Anytime yep. I put something out, there's there's you know. Susie in the corner there, you know, <laughs> just, just chatting away. So it's, it's, it's interesting you yeah. said that because yeah. um, as a, in a sales environment, that should be the last concern. What should be a concern is the motherfucker sitting at home, never hitting their number and stealing yeah. money. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'll tell you what, man, it, it, it's funny too, because I remember, so, so, so while I worked for other people, I would always have these side hustles going on. Okay. Mm -hmm. Once I left and started on my own, I still kind of had that mindset of side hustles in addition to the core money yeah. I'm bringing in. And I, and I would still do little or side hustles like rental properties and that shit. But, but as far as other businesses concerned, you know, they were for the most part side hustles because they're side hustles. Mm -hmm. I, I once I was on my own, I was just able to generate. Okay, it's nine fifty at night. If I worked for ABC company, maybe there's nothing to do. But you know what? Now that it's my own company, there is something to do at nine fifty p.m. at night. And, and, okay. and that was really a paradigm shift for me. That was mm. a big. I generate everything to build in that company, man. Everything, mm. all my thoughts, and it's just like. You ever have like um uh shit like um like a little kid that has too much sugar? I, I dated this girl once. I'd have a two year old, and and if you gave him like too many pixie sticks, he'd like start shaking because it's he didn't cocaine. He, he, he didn't he didn't know what to do with his energy. He didn't know what to do with his energy. Are you serious? He literally he literally shake. He literally would shake, and it was kind of like funny. Oh we were like, oh shit, yeah. we give him a lollipop, and you know. I'm like out. Like, See him. And it was not like we weren't overfeeding the good sugar. I mean, he had like two bites. Is just how we reacted to it. And watch this motherfucker shake. <laughs> I was like, we make a TikTok about it. I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm not going to say her name, but if she's listening, I'm sorry. We will not You're sorry. I'm sorry. Um, I hope her name's not Susie. And happy birthday. It was <laughs> no, it's not Susie. Uh, it's great. Um, yeah, but anyway, my, my whole point is like, like compare that to when you're working for somebody else, all right? Like, 
you can't make calls in the middle of the night sometimes. You, you, you know, there's nothing to do, but your mind is still going. Your mind's still wanting to build, build, build. There might be nothing you could do at this. You can't just sit there practicing your damn power presentation or, or rechecking the freaking pamphlet, pamphlet for errors or, or, mm-hmm. or again, memorizing everyone's name and checking their LinkedIn for background. At some point, it caps out, okay? When you're an entrepreneur and you have your own company, it never caps out. There's always no. something, all right? So, so working for someone else, that's great. But like, there shouldn't be that problem. You need to fulfill that entrepreneurial spirit in you still with 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 something else. And it could be, it could be buying and reselling football cards online. It could be, you know, uh, my daughter now is doing something where she's found this way to buy shoes and resell them for forty bucks more. I don't really understand it. I'm just hoping it's not illegal, but it's right. <laughs> you know, and it's not. I'm just kidding. Nice college job. <laughs> you know, it, it's just one of those damn things, man. And um, anyhow, that that's a kind of I never really said this out loud before, but th- that right there was a big shift for me mm-hmm. in, in mindset. What, what I just described, and it was probably over about a two year period where I had to like realize it, it was happening, which was kind of cool to talk about. You know, it's really cool because like I, I can I can relate. Right. So. Yeah. Although I'm doing two different things right now, I'm I'm you know doing my my um in my business at night, and then you know when it's time to shut down, kids are go to bed. You know I do a little bit of work, and I yep. you know do everything that I need to with me and my wife. We'll do whatever we need to do, yep. right? She's my business partner, and she handles all the back end stuff, the things that I suck at. And then I close my computer, yep. and then I'm like, fuck, <laughs> like, I forgot this. Like we have to do this, and it's just like okay. Um, this is something that I can do on my own. If you want to watch a show or if you want to go to sleep, yep, yep. Cool. do you, but I, I really need to do this um, for tomorrow and it could be content, right? Yep. Cause that's the other thing. It's like, you yep. know, like I'm okay. I'm cool. If like, I don't have something on a Saturday or Sunday to put out, like, I don't like whatever, mm-hmm. fuck it. I don't care, mm-hmm. but it can't be Monday through Friday. You know, yep. like I have to put something out typically Monday through Saturday. Like I need something out there. So if yep. I don't have anything or if I'm kind of running out of shit or if I feel like, hey, this isn't going to perform, I need to do something different. Yep. You know, which right now is like the fucking Da Vinci code. You can't figure out what's going to perform and yep. what's not. Um, yep. But, but you know, it, that, that's the thing. It's just like your mind never shuts off. I'm the fucking kid with the pixie sticks. <laughs> yep. You yep. know, it, it's, it's a thing, man. But like, yeah. listen, dude, you I'm going to tell you what, man. I, so if you, if uh, probably some of your audience and that's in sales or the entrepreneurial mindset is, uh, anyone that ever has trouble sleeping? Cause everything you're just describing me describing right now is like anxiety where I, I, I would wake yeah. up something when, when I'm in the thick of things, I can't sleep. So my recommendation, if anyone else has this problem where they're going to bed at 10 o'clock and waking up at two in the morning, wide awake and run general right, right in your computer, that's not healthy to do. Yeah, no. you got to sleep. Um, Unisom, U-N-I-S-O-M. It's over the counter. It is. I've heard about that. I bought my wife some of that. You wake I up. Snore sometimes. Dude, you're not groggy when you wake up. It's uh, so anyway. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, you know, like this thing, like it is, it is one of those things where you just sometimes your mind doesn't shut off. And no. it's crazy for me because like no matter what's going on in my life, like I could be going through the worst part of my life. Like it could be fucking raining fire. And yep. when I go to sleep, I sleep all the way through the night. Yep. 
Yep. You know, unless I go to the get up and go to the bathroom, but I don't have the wake up at two o'clock anymore. And I I used to have that when I was at my, my, um, HR company sales position, because it was very transactional. It was like all the time, like, Oh my God, do I got docs on this? I'm supposed to run in two days. So I wake up and like fucking payroll supposed to run. I don't have the shit. If I don't, if they don't run a payroll this week, then it's going to next month. I can't tell my boss that. So I got to get it to run. Right. Like all that kind of shit. Right. Yeah. Would bother me, but, um, fuck all that. So, um, listen, you, you have a new book coming out called the 2000% raise. Yeah. Yes, sir. Fucking tell these people about that, man. 2000% raise two zero 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 percent spelled out raise.com. If anybody wants to get on our, our mailing list, um, it is uh, also the name of the podcast that started in a couple of weeks as well. Um, mm. And uh, it, it's really for entrepreneurs. It's, it's talking about, you know, sitting around waiting for your boss in corporate America to give you that raise and, Oh, hopefully it's at least a cost of living. Hopefully it's more than cost of living. Although with inflation right now, maybe a cost of living increase would be uh, on, the, on the higher end. But, uh, yeah, shit. you know, screw that. Give yourself a 2000% raise by putting yourself on top of the org chart. Build equity in yourself instead of building it for somebody else. And it's really an examination of the realities and really the pitfalls of corporate America uh, combined with um, evaluating yourself, uh, to figure out if, you know, if, if you could cut it on your own and, and it goes through a self analysis and, you know, not, not every good salesperson should own a business, No, not, you know, um, not, not every employee that's on the fast track, you know, to, should stay in corporate America. Um, I use myself as a guide, you know, I, I was, I was 27 years old I had an office, I had an assistant, and this was an insurance giant in, um, you know, publicly traded company. I was on that fast track, man, for sure. I was going to be in management, mid-tier management in the next few years, and probably upper management if it kept going the right track. And this is a very well-known company um, that's based in Chicago that, that, that people look to. And, um, you know, I, I almost gave my parents both heart attacks when, when I sat there and told them I'm quitting that job. Wait, you're leaving there? Are you kidding me? Uh, <laughs> Sharon's husband has worked there for years and he's friggin' look at how much money they have and all this stuff. And, and it's, it's, um, you know, it was a difficult decision, but I had an epiphany, Sean, that I don't think a lot of people have. And I, and I saw a path, um, that, that is just, not visible to many. Um, so I talk about what I call the macro brainwash and, mm-hmm. and the micro brainwash in the book. And the macro brainwash is, is society. It's our conditioning in society, you know, to, to, to think that it's, it's kind of like in the 1950s. Or, oh, home ownership's the right way. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, have kids and, or get married and have kids. Do it in that order, you know, things of that nature. And, you know, here, here we are in 2022. And if somebody came out and said that, what I just said, you know, many would consider it offensive. You know, you, you got, you got shows like Modern Family on TV that, you know, quite, quite frankly, are, are high in viewership because people relate to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So there, there's been a paradigm shift over the last 70 years in mindset. There's been an evolution. Okay. There has not been the same kind of evolution on how we view work life. All right. Mm-hmm. Get it, start your career. Climb up that corporate ladder. That is good. Entrepreneurship and risk is bad. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's what I call the macro brainwash. Um, the, the, the micro brainwash is what's happening within the organization you're actually working at. All right. And it happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, oh man, I, I'm just assistant vice president right now. Shit. I want to get Todd's job. Eventually I'm going to report to Todd and kiss his ass harder than other people kiss their ass and laugh harder at his jokes because in six years I want to be vice president one day and, and, and things like job title and yeah. making you incented because of that. Oh, wow. That dude, that's Joe. He's a freaking uh, vice president at Merrill Lynch. Oh, shit. He's the vice president of Merrill Lynch. Holy shit. He must be a freaking billionaire, right? No, actually, no. He, he's a vice president like a thousand other people with that title at Merrill Lynch. Give me a fucking mm-hmm. break. You know what I mean? And, and I'm not picking on Merrill Lynch. I love Merrill Lynch. Sure. It, 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 I mean, there's a lot of different titles, dude, same but- titles. Thank you. And any bank, any bank, any sales organization, Mm -hmm. everyone's got these damn vice president titles, bro. Like it doesn't make any damn sense. Um, So so this is, you know, and it's it's not just titles. It's, it's, it's what we all put emphasis on in that organization. We've been brainwashed to place value on things that, that, that really shouldn't matter. You know, what, one of the things for me was, was looking at the client deliverables. Okay. Hey, listen, Mm -hmm. I, when I was, when I was working um, for, for the big dog, look at these vendors, man. Holy shit. They want to take us to golf outings. Oh my God. They're, they're yeah. taking us to a Cubs game. One of them flew me out to Tennessee for some freaking shit. Dude. Why? Cause I worked at that company and oh, wow. They're going to look good to their boss that they got somebody from my company, from that company to, to, to right. come out. Look at us. <clears throat> what the F was this doing for the client? How was this being a deliverable to the client? Nothing's happening. Us drinking at a golf course all freaking day. You think we're freaking talking about analyzing how we could better serve our clients? Give me an effing break, dude. Nothing's happening there. But we placed value on it. We felt more important because of it. (coughs) Dude, isn't our job to enhance the deliverables for our client? That's our damn job. 1,000%. So, so this is all part of, of the micro brainwash and, and it's things like this I really get into pretty heavily within the book. And obviously I use my background as a guide, but by no means is this supposed to be a biography on me. It's, it's really to help um, people out there right now. I'm excited, man. When's it coming out? Cause I, I, I need this shit. Yeah, well, it's it's gonna it'll be right around the holidays, uh, probably okay. a week or two, a week or two before Thanksgiving. It's already written. I just kind of have to press the uh, the the uh, the button on Amazon to put it out there. But we're getting close. Gotcha. Yeah, well, your boy's gonna need a fucking sneak peek, bro. All right, man. Sure. All right. Well, congrats on your sure. book, by the way. That's Thank awesome. you. Thank yeah. you. What'd you think, yeah. man? I love it. I love it. I'm I'm not a big reader. There's very few books that I'll actually sit down and read. Yeah. Uh, got got through quite a bit of yours. Still Thank reference you. it. It's sitting by my, my laptop, and yours is written in a way where, that I appreciate, man. I, you get to the point. It's not yeah. overly overly wordy, um, yeah. and, and easy to follow. I don't know too many fucking words, Sean. I mean, that's yeah. the fucking point, right? Yeah. Like I'm not, I'm not a, a super intelligent guy, right? I have some skills and I'm marginally smart, but you know, the thing with my book and I appreciate that I'm, you know, blessed that you read it mm-hmm. and uh, that you liked it. I, I just, I wanted to write this first book and it was a very quick read and I really just wanted to get something out there. Just like, Hey, like we're all alike. We all have these things that we, that, that we've grown up with or, you know, things that we deal with on a day-to-day basis. It could be fucking limiting beliefs. What the fuck ever, but like, Hey, the fucking work needs to get done. 
And yeah. we have a choice. Um, are we going to fucking fall victim to our emotions and how we feel at that certain moment? Or are we right. going to push forward and we're going to do what we said we're going to do because it's part of our process and it's, it is the main ingredient for our success. And that's what I wanted to get out in this book. And I did not think that, and dude, this thing hasn't even, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I haven't even put ads on this thing yet. Yep. And every single day, I'm getting somebody message me about this book. I'm awesome. getting somebody tagging me in this. We had somebody from the, the Middle East tag me today, dude. I'm like, wow, dude, this is fucking incredible. That's amazing. Like, That's and amazing. wants to like, he's like, hey man, I would love to work with you. Like, this is what I do. If you ever are in, you know, the market for somebody like me, um, it would it would be like a dream for me to work for you. I'm Good like, shit. Good for you, man. Fuck, what well, the how fuck, many more? Do you know if it's a, how, how many words were, was your book? Uh, if, you uh, know, just shy of fifteen G's. Fifteen thousand. Okay. Yeah, yeah mine's shy. not too. Mine's mine's like twenty three thousand. So mine's yeah. not not yeah. crazily long either. Um, I mean, and, and dude, and, and I got to yeah. be honest with you, the, the reason why it was so to the point is because I yeah. did videos. Yeah, I did videos oh. and then I typed the shit out. Oh really? Okay. I, 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 yeah. You know, I mean, for me, it worked like that because I can sit there and I can get on camera, and get yeah. on video, and 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 just go to town. Yeah, right? it's easier for me to get started, right? Yeah, and so once that happens, I'm I'm just like at that point, I'm a court reporter, right? I love I'm it. I'm gone. So, yeah. um, you know, the next one is going to be, um, I have some checkpoints and I've got an idea already about it, nice. and um, I'm I'm waiting for the right time to probably start writing. I'd say probably about six months. Yeah, and I'll shoot to get that thing done to completion within three weeks. Okay. Like I'm gonna right. crank that bitch out, but um, awesome. You know, but, and are so you doing, you're doing speaking, Sean, or no? Yeah, yeah. I actually have a conference this, not this weekend, but next weekend for a big uh, network marketing fitness company. And they have a leader retreat in Destin, Florida. And I've been invited um, up there to, um, you know, and my family, they got this um, big old mansion on the beach house. And uh, we're going to, uh, I'm going to do a two day event there. Awesome. Pretty excited. And then, yeah, man. So we're, we're stacking up the speeching, uh, the speech you know, engagements yep. and yep. all that stuff. So I'm excited, man. What about yourself? Are you doing yeah. any speaking? You know, I'm not, so my, my, I'm a little bit different, you know, thanks for pointing out earlier with me that I had, you know, that I don't really need to work. So I'm not really, mm-hmm. I'm not, um, I guess not really monetizing things as mm-hmm. much or, or look, looking down that pipeline as, as much as, as people that, you know, I, I, other influencers, I guess, in, in social media, but, but I, I feel like speaking, is is such a big thing to take on i would love yeah. to do i would love to do it from from an ego standpoint but mm-hmm. gosh you, you got to put so much time and effort into number one getting the gigs but number two making sure you deliver on that damn thing Fuck as, yeah, as, man. as you know you're going to prepare for, pre- prepare the hell for that thing and, and i just don't have any kind of follow-up um for the people at my at my events where you know if i was doing business coaching or, or anything really then it would make a lot more, more sense for sure. me to be engaging. But, um, yeah. you know, I, I guess if something came, I had actually the, the national, uh, boy scouts of America asked me to do something for their Eagle scouts, which was a Jesus. bunch of 19 year olds. That, yeah. Make sure they're fucking adults. Cause well, like, you know who they're asking? Yeah. Well, I, I tell you, <laughs> come on. I, I'm going to tell you what though. I did it. Um, and, uh, it, I spent a good, you know, a good week really preparing for it as a big deal as their jam, yeah. like at their jamboree thing or whatever. And, um, I, you know, it, it felt great. It felt great yeah. to do the damn thing. But, but yeah. at the same time, <laughs> there's no like, there's no takeaway for me. I just don't know how much time I could, I could put yeah. into that stuff. Um, you know, well, I'm, I'm actually, um, like, I haven't said this to anybody. So I guess I'm going to say it on the air. Yeah. Um, yeah. I am creating my own speaking 
conference, like my own speaking events. Oh, really? So, okay. Yes. Yes. Awesome. And um, I've got some people lined up already. So um, the cool thing is, is, um, you know, I'm going to make you speak at one of them. So sorry. <laughs> I'll do that, man. I'll do that. We'll, we'll just, we'll, we'll fly you down here and you'll have a little yeah. vacation in Naples, Florida. Yeah. You'll fucking, that's, there's worse things in life. Dude, you'll so, get people to go. Yeah. To, venue matters for that shit to get people to yeah. show up to that stuff. Venue matters. So I, I think you get like the fact that you're in Florida already is helpful. Yeah. I think there's a lot of places in Florida that I could do it at too. And then yeah. I could, I would even travel if it made yeah. sense. Like we yeah. could, we could do that. But, um, but man, listen, dude, we got to land the plane and I absolutely cannot wait for your uh, book to come out. I can't wait to read it. Um, I am already subscribed. I believe you'll have to awesome. confirm um, <laughs> on your website. I, I believe yeah. I did it, but I told you I'm not very smart. So awesome. if it didn't go through, you got to shoot me a text and let me know. But uh, listen, it. guys, if you got anything out of this episode today, which I would venture to say that you did, um, I'm, 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 pr- I'm fairly positive you learned something um, from my boy, John, and just that his story inspired you that you can do and be more in your life, that you just have to make a fucking decision and just double down on yourself. And it can happen at any point in your life, but you got to bet on you first. You know, and the next thing you got to do is you got to take action because too many people have these great ideas and they don't take action. And let me ask you a question. What's the cost of inaction, right? So um, if you got anything out of the show, like I said, please share the show out, you know, share it to your stories, tag us on social media. I'll have his information uh, in in the show notes. Tag us both. We'll both add it back to our socials and we want to hear from you. I mean, like straight up, like I want to know what you got out of this episode. So with that being said, John, my homie, thanks again. Yeah, man. And uh, it was a great pleasure. Long overdue, and I'm super jacked that we got to do it. But uh, guys, until next time, take care and be safe. Awesome.